From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Ducks House Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Me on the other end of the line, LaTondras Lee Chose. Guys, take your bat and the hatches down, right? Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. It's coming, right? Yeah, they're saying. Yeah, they're saying we're gonna have a blizzard here in the next forty-eight hours and and uh, all I can think about are all those teal up on the potholes in, in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get cold. <laughs> you know what's so funny about this? You know what's so funny about this? Lee, oh, man, I'm sitting out on the porch. It's 51 degrees up this morning. It's such an awesome fall morning. Yeah, it's going to be like, what, negative 40 this weekend, Lee? <laughs> it's going to be uniquely Minnesota on Saturday here for sure. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Oh boy. Yeah. Lee Indian Lee, summer Lee. or whatever they call this is over. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. We we we, we we wanna send our deepest condolences to you and your family, man. With the if you guys noticed we didn't record last week. Lee lost his, his sister and we are so sorry, Lee. I know that, that was a that was tough for you and your family to go through, but we are very, very sorry. Well, thanks for that. It was a, it no way to prepare for that. You know, I mean, there were, some of my family members asked me, like, why, I don't know, maybe why it was so hard or whatever, because it really was hard, really hard for me. It still it was this morning for me even. I don't know, you know, I buried mom and buried dad, and, you know, you kind of expect that, but that whole story, that sibling thing, that's a, for me, I, you know, it's a personal thing. So I'm just going to say for me, but yeah, that sibling thing, that, that, that was tough. That was really hard. And then just seeing cancer eat them like that. I mean, I'm sure there's lots and lots of people that are listening that can totally relate to that. And going through that personally, I can feel for them and all those people and like what that's like watching a loved one go like that. It is, God, is that a hideous disease? Oh my God, is that thing bad? How it can take, dad go through that. Oh, how it can take somebody that you know everything about and turn them into something that's not even them anymore. It was like, man, oh man, was that hard to watch? Takes everything. You know, when when 
when we were in that text last week and you mm-hmm. said, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to cancel. There's there's no way I can record and you mm-hmm. explain why. And mm-hmm. you know, when you hear news like that, you, you kind of put yourself in that person's shoes. And I was, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm thinking just like you, Lee, you know, you, you expect to lose your mom and dad. I'm not saying that's yep. easy at all. No, well, no, of course not. But, yeah. but to lose a sibling, a, a brother or sister, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was sitting there thinking about my brother. You know, we grew up with with my brother, you know, gosh, spending many a night sleeping in the same bed with him, fighting with him, playing Football in the yard with him, and to think about losing <laughs> a brother or a sister, it's just tough, man. Oh, I mean, that's the person you argued with your whole life. Or not your whole life, but you yep. moved out of the house. Well, this particular sis, I never argued, not even a moment with her. She was just like my mother. But, you know, at the, at the service on Monday, I was a mess on the morning driving over there, and the pastor, one of the family members came up. It was her son. Her son. He he came up and he goes, "The pastor wants you." And I'm like, "Or for what?" And they're like, "Well, he, you're going to read." No, dude, I'm not gonna read. I can't, I can't. I can't get through it. And they're like, "Oh, it's okay. It's okay to cry." I'm like, "Hey, dude, I'm not gonna cry. Like, I'm gonna melt down, and it's gonna be undiscernible what I'm. I, I can't do it. I don't mind admitting that. I know what I'm like. I'm. I mean, I'm soft as I'm soft as fuck, dude. Right? I mean, I, there's just no way I can do it. So I'd be the same way. <laughs> I bailed. <laughs> uh, I was hoping that I actually prayed that I actually prayed to God that I would have the strength to do that for share, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> God, that's how bad it was. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's nice and sunny here. The wood ducks are still here. Life, life, life. Well, they're getting ready to. They're getting ready to. The wood ducks oh, yeah. are getting ready to, oh, yeah. to beat, yeah. beat it on down the road, aren't yeah, they? It's a, yeah, rude awakenings coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blue, the bluebills and canvasbacks will be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, before I, before we uh, actually got on the call together, there was a on the Weather Channel. They were showing. Jackson Hole, and I think they said it was 17 already there, and it was snowing. Jeez, it's oh, yeah. coming, Jake. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, it, uh, it's coming. They're not going to miss this one. <laughs> right. It's coming yep. like a missile. All right, so let me say this. So since a couple, I guess it's probably been, it was two weeks ago we recorded about the narrative. Three weeks ago we we lingered off right at the end of the podcast talking about plagiarism versus inspiration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it set my mind in motion because we'd never got in depth about it. 
we we never took it real far because it was like I said, it was right at the end of the podcast episode. But you know, you two guys, the position that you have worked to get to in your profession, mm-hmm. there there's got to be lots of incident instances. Where you look at something and go, wow, kind of looks like something I shot a couple of months ago. Or <laughs> mm-hmm. Imita- a lot of imitation. But, you know, because, you know, let's look at it this way. If the cool kid at high school wears a certain pair of pants and shirt, everybody's going to do what he does. Right? They're going to go out and try to buy a, close, a shirt close to that and pants close to what he has on. Just the way it works. In the photography and you know videography world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it the same thing? Do you feel, or do you, do you get, when you see something that looks similar to what you've done, do you go, wow, man, that's, that's pretty cool. Somebody's kind of imitating what I've done. Mm-hmm. Are you asking me? A, are you asking me a question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it? Yeah. Do, do well, you, is it fulfilling? Is it fulfilling when you see something that kind of looks similar to what you've done? No. Definitely not. No. Well, it, I mean, I'd say no. It de- boy, this is going to open up a whole oh boy a can of worms. That. I draw a line in the sand between original works and plagiarism. So let's be clear on that. Okay, so plagiarism being the practice of taking someone else's work or their ideas and passing them off as their own. Mm-hmm. Including okay, intellectual made- property. Oh, it is. Well, it is. It is. I mean, there's. there's it doesn't there's have to just off. be tangible. No. Mm-hmm. No. So, so, what I, the part. Okay. Well, so let's say somebody imitates a look of somebody in high school. I mean, it happens all the time, right? I mean, we wear the same jeans. You wear, everybody has the same look. I mean, that's fashion. Fads, fads, and fashion. That's the way that works. We were talking about original works. And when somebody to me says, well, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, all that is is fucking stealing. That's all it is. That's what, that's people, that ste- that's what people that steal talk like, not artists. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, is there a, maybe a fine line between... Somebody, an up-and-comer that you've inspired to do great things, maybe things with a camera or a paintbrush or a guitar that they never thought possible. Yeah, dude, that's cool. That's how it works. But you guys know how good Eddie Van Halen was at playing a guitar, right? His look, what he looked like, his hair, that whole 80s vibe he had, all right? There was only one Eddie. You're not, doesn't matter how hard you try, you're never going to be Eddie. 
let Eddie be him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's already got that. Go do something new. Unfortunately, our world is, especially, you know, me and Jake and video and still, I mean, it's, it's my God, it's full of it. It devalues creativity. Walmart, the box stores are completely full of it. Low cost, high margin goods where people in this country have traded American jobs for foreign profit, all in the name of copy, me too's, plagiarism. Well, I can do that. I can do that for, oh, that one's $10? Oh, we'll do that. We'll do it for five. And then what do you have? A massive race to the bottom, no creativity, no originality. Dude, that is not how America started. Not. No way. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Sure. That's what I, mean, I think. You know, our, our world, uh, you know, using the Walmart analogy, you know, and, and transferring that to the video world, you know, that's what YouTube is. I mean, YouTube is... You know, you go shopping for ideas. You go shopping for, you know, tutorials. You go shopping. I mean, I had a guy, and I, I he's a friend, and he's a young guy, and he's trying. There's two of them. They're trying to get into the, you know, the the outdoor space, um, and with digital imagery, both photography and videography. And they've they've been very respectful to me. I'm not going to name them. It would be rude mm -hmm. because I don't want to mm -hmm. insult them. But mm -hmm. you know. They contact me on a fairly regular basis asking for advice or asking for, you know, if they could help. They'd do it for free just to come along. And and I, I asked a guy one time, I said, do you have a fluid head for your tripod? Because he was wanting to shoot video, you know, shadow me and shoot video. And he said, I'm really sorry, I don't even know what that is. And and it dawned on me at that point that, I mean, his, their work is very good. It's very good. And, you know, as, as art. And mm -hmm. it dawned on me at that point that they really don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the basics and the foundation and, and you know, the essence of what they're doing. They don't even know their equipment well enough to mm -hmm. understand professionalism behind the art and, and you know, directing a, a scene or shooting a scene or editing a scene or whatever it is. But they're still good at it. How they get there, they probably, I didn't ask because it's none of my business, but they probably went to YouTube, watched a bunch of tutorials, copied, and then those, you know, the YouTubers out there that are putting those tutorials out, they're there. They're selling their souls because they're putting the information out there and they're selling presets. They're selling tutorials on how to make it easy. They're developing shortcuts and this and that. And people are really leapfrogging over those fundamentals that make an artist understand how mm -hmm. to create art, not how to copy someone and make something look cool with rich, dark, you know, crushed blacks in their photo or vignettes or saturation levels or shadows and highlights or sharpening or whatever it is. <clears throat> you know, that's not art. That's dig Those are digital tools. The art behind it is the thought and the creativity behind, you know, someone coming up with something original like you do. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, to address what you said earlier, a minute ago, Rocky, you know, you asked, 
you asked if I look if, if I look at my stuff. I I care about my stuff, but you know when I do when I do a shoot, the thing that I do to to separate to try at least try to separate myself from other people is is to pick the right subject matter because that's something that would be really obvious. They can they can color correct or color grade or shoot it a certain way or grab a a, a, a composition angle or whatever it is and and copy that but they can't copy the subject matter and if they did then it would be totally obvious as to the plagiarism that they were you know that they were the direction they were going plagiarism mm-hmm. but what i do see is when i see someone else's art out there and it looks like my friend's stuff like lee's stuff or that that makes me more angry than it does my stuff because take someone like Lee, he's been doing this for so long and he's established himself in the in the culture, in the industry, and he's represented brands the way they were supposed to be represented and he was become you know, he was he's he he's being compensated for all those things for the right reasons because he's worked his ass off to get to that point. And then when someone comes along and tries to you know, and plagiarizes, and, and they may not even look at it like that. They don't realize they're doing it because it's such a monkey see, monkey do world that we live in visually now that, you know, they don't even realize it, but they need to because it's it's plagiarism and it's bullshit. And that's what really gets under my skin is when one of my friend's work gets plagiarized or someone undermines a friend of mine and takes a job or jobs or you know, slips into the industry through the back door, the side window, you know, copying other people, man. It just, it just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to rant about this and become negative Nancy, but, mm-hmm. but it's a, pro- it's, it's definitely a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it for sure yeah. is. You know, I see every once in a while uh, outside of the industry, uh, the hunting industry, l- l- let's, Let's think outside of it for a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the time I see um, companies asking for photos from mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it be amateur photographers oh, boy. or somebody <laughs> that's trying to break into the industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, the person may get a, let's just, let's just say, they may get a cooler or something if their photo is chosen as the the best mm-hmm. one. Well, what's happened is it may be the best one, but they may use all 100,000 images that they receive for free. Mm-hmm. You're giving them endless access to those photos. It's called an all rights grab. It's, almost, it's, all, it's one step under a copyright transfer. Mm-hmm. It's an all rights exactly. grab. It's horrible. It's horrible for our professions. So, and, and so let me just say this. And so, what happens is, for the people that are really good at what you do, they like you, Jake, uh, numerous other people. It it devalues what big time. You, yeah, I mean, because big, you've big got time. somewhere meet in the middle between free and what you charge. You know what I'm saying? What you think mm-hmm. that you're worth. And because, 
well, we can get these things for free, you know, because they're probably going to be copying you anyway. They're going to be copying a, a stance that you used a month ago. So why do I need to pay you when they're going to be copying what you've probably already shot a month or two ago in the, mm-hmm. you, you understand what I'm getting at? Oh, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Do I ever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Preach to the choir, bro. Mhm. You know, on a personal it, level, the the thing that I see on a personal level, like let's just let's let's isolate this into a microcosm at a trade show. Okay, you go to a trade show, and you see when I run into Lee or Bill Buckley or Clay Connor or some or Doug Steinke. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know Tom Martineau, but I'm going to throw him into that mix. You know, there's a you, there's a level of profession. There's like no jealousy. There's no ego. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no bad vibe at all. But when you mm-hmm. run into people that that, and I'm going to say this that, that admire your work, but they're part of the problem. Those kinds of people. There's a there, you can feel the vibe. Like man, I can't get out of this room fast enough because. I feel like I feel like the devil is watching me right now, and it's a weird. It's like it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Do you feel that, Lee? Well, I I think I lost I, I lost some. Are you saying like when you run into Buckley and Stanky or those guys you love running into? I love running into those guys. Oh, me those too. Guys, there's oh, no okay. ego. There's no. Oh God, there's no. no yeah, yeah, yeah. Disrespect. Okay, now I'm, it's oh now I'm. It's yeah, very yeah, comfortable. Now yeah. I get it. It's a now very it. comfortable. It's a very comfortable presence, you know, because there's no jealousy, no ego, no copying. Everyone there's original. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows, mm-hmm. and they have confidence in their own work. And the last oh. thing, the last thing you want to do is be like any any of these people that I'm grouping into this group. Like the mm-hmm. last thing any of them want to be is someone else. Like they know, oh. you know, the, the 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 professionalism behind art is. Last thing I wanted, I don't want to be Lee Chose. I want to be me. <laughs> right. And and yeah, trust and so me, you don't want that, to be me, dude. <laughs> what? No, trust you me, know you don't what want I'm to saying. Be me. I mean, yeah. I mean, I love, yeah, I love Lee. I would, I would eat a bullet for Lee Chose, but I don't want to be him because then, then I'm, I cheapen, I cheapen myself. I, I cheapen Lee. I make him mad. I create, you know, division between people. And it's like, man, I get it. It takes a lot, you know, art and creativity. In my opinion, you're born with it. Some people, you know, outwork people out, outwork talent. But for the most part, it's it's a born, God-given talent that you have that you've been possessed with, and you and it, and it ta- even even when you're that talented naturally, it still takes a really long time. To get to the point to where you fully understand it. you probably never fully understand it because you're constantly learning with the new technology and and new locations and new people that you meet and all those things but at the end of the day it takes a long time to get there and the people that have taken that time to get there are it's insulting to copy them because you're taking shortcuts and you're jumping through you're jumping through windows you know and you're not knocking on the door asking if you can come inside, you know. And that—that's to me, that's mm-hmm. that's very disrespectful. You know, it was 
reflecting here on what you're saying there. Back in the day, you know, like 20 years ago or whatever, at SHOT Show, you know, the, the, the photographers would get together there. And, like, we'd see each other once a year, and it was there. And it was so much fun. It's just like what you're talking about. There's not, there's no jealousy. There's no plagiarism. There's no fighting for anything. You know, you know, there's no poaching of clients, which is common stuff now. It, what was so, you'd run into, Denver Bryan was there, and Mitch Keysar and Dushan was there. And, it, God, it was so fun seeing them, you know, because they were so good at what they did. And they're literally, they are the voice of the outdoors. That's the way I always looked at it. They all had their unique style. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say that? Well, I can tell who shot that. I can tell who painted that. Or, you know what I mean? That's because they're artists. It's original work. That, that we're missing. I, that's what I yeah. I think we're missing. I'm not saying there's not talent out there because oh boy, there's some crazy good there's talent. A lot, you know. Oh, oh yeah, my, there's a lot of my my good friend Matt White, you know, over at Rock House, you know. I mean, I just the dude with he's just he's brilliant. Doesn't matter what he has. Doesn't matter if it's a camera, a video thing, it whatever. You know, there's lots of guys out there that are just their minds are so good. You know, and that's where it starts. I mean, you sit there. You want to create a brand, right? Oh, let's create the boss brand, boss shot shells. You look at a white piece of paper and go, hmm, what are we going to do here? You go look at what other people do? No, not if you want to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. not you're going to be good, you that know. That is a great. <laughs> yep. Start with a white piece of paper and keep your mm -hmm. eyes focused on that paper and your mind turning and don't mm -hmm. run over to YouTube. I mean, if that, mm -mm. that's right, Lee. That's exactly mm -mm. right. If you want to be good, mm -mm. that's what mm -hmm. you, you you just realize, you know, and 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 feel. <laughs> I shouldn't say this because it's insulting. I'm so I'm not going to feel until you get to that point where you can start with a white piece of paper and come up with your own idea. You you really, I mean, in my opinion. You can't call yourself a professional photographer or a professional, you know, brand designer or, or any of that. You just can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, in in the hunting industry, let's bring it back there. Let's mm -hmm. narrow it down. Yep. yep. Real quick. Yep. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. In the hunting world, for a photographer, mm -hmm. I'm just ask. I'm just asking. Yeah. Isn't there just so many ways that something can be done or be shot? No. Mm. Endless. Yeah. No, yeah. endless. It's, it's, in, it's infinite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could take, you could even go as far as saying you could take two shots that have been over, that you've overused yourself and, 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 and hybridize them or match them up or somehow, you know, I mean, it's you can. There's so much creativity is infinite. There's no, there's no end to it, in my opinion. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, Jake and you I know, could you, go on this. We we could go on the same job, the same job with the same equipment, exactly. 
and, and come out with completely different work. Exactly. You know? exactly. No doubt. Uniquely different. Exactly. You, you take Instagram. Instagram mm-hmm. has created an avenue for great images. Mm-hmm. People feel really cool. like they... Oh, yeah. I mean, people feel like they have to capture a great image mm-hmm. uh, to, to get up on Instagram. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's it's uh, family uh, or hunting situations, whatever, whatever it may be, you, you, there's a need for great images. You know, we've gotten to a point now where Listen, I, by any means, I'm not comparing the the iPhone 10 or 11s to, to what you're shooting stuff with. But there's a lot of great images that's coming from this in some of these Android phones also that, that people are, are just able to capture by themselves. Mm-hmm. True. 100% So, true. how important, please don't let this offend you because... Mm-hmm. Do you? How do I word this right? Go ahead, let it loose. <laughs> I want to hear know it. what you're trying to. We know what you're. I trying think to you're going to be surprised in my answer. So, go ahead. <laughs> do you think that there's less of a need for great photographers, not for not for advertising? imagery but for branding imagery lee go ahead and i'm gonna come on follow up you mean do i do i think there's less of a need for guys like me no yeah, I, more. Not, not in that not in the advertising more. world not creating great images for advertising but just okay. for everyday images let's just take let's say r&t you yep know, there there's only so way so many ways Jake, please don't get offended by this, but mm-hmm. there's only so many mm-hmm. ways you can capture Jimbo in the woods in the flooded timber calling up, you know, a duck in behind a tree. Yeah. Well, if you specify if you specify I mean, the shot, then that may be true, but there's no right. there's no finite way of shooting Jimbo in the woods because Mm-mm. he might trip over a log and fall in the water and I capture that. He might be tickling my son. And I capture that. He might be right. carrying yeah. a duck with a band on. It. You know, there's there, there mm-hmm. there's no limit to that. I'm so I didn't mean to I didn't yeah, mean no, to no, no, cut no. you off there, Lee. Go ahead. No. Any, well, go ahead. I don't go ahead, think Rocky. I don't I don't I don't think like y'all. I don't I don't know. I know what you produce, and your produce what you produce makes a lot of people go, oh, wow. And so I'm trying to get. All I'm saying is I'm just trying to get a better understanding. I'm trying to peek inside the door and trying to understand better what you guys are talking about. Okay, okay. so you made a clear distinction between advertising, photography, and brand. To me, it's the same thing. If I'm the creative director of a company and it's my job, to be, well, first of all, it's my job to understand their narrative, 
their story, their voice, visually, and to be a complete brand Nazi and not let anything outside of, of, of what you've set forth, right? If you have... I'm just going to bring up boss, not because I want to do it, because it's a great example of, it's a great example of a brand, not a product, right? Okay. I control that. I control that feed. If you look at other brands out there, they get this content. That's what they call it, content. Have you heard that word, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> God, God, that's funny. Um, they get it from everywhere, and they don't care because it's free. Right. Well, their feed looks like it's free to me. They're all the same. It's because there's no brand, no brand standards. And you have a whole bunch of people out there that are okay with, well, it's good enough. I'm not like that. I'm not like, oh, that's good enough. I want the best. So to me, whether it's an advertising photograph for print or something somebody sees in one of the brands or people I work for on a feed, it has to be the same thing. Otherwise, you don't have a brand. You have products, maybe even wonderful products, but you don't have a brand. Yeti has a brand. They got a brand. There's what? No, I heard one day, I don't even know if it's accurate, but I heard this. Like 52 roto-molded coolers. There's only one Yeti. It's brand. You talk about plagiarism. You know, oh. go back to plagiarism. And, and look, I call it the Yeti model. Because you know, while I love it. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, they're they they brought that. They brought Heartland Bowhunter and Yeti brought a certain look to the outdoor industry before that look became saturated mm -hmm. as it is mm -hmm. now. And mm -hmm. they were the mm -hmm. ones, in my opinion. They, I mean, you you brought a, a look to the industry, and. And, 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 you know, when you look at these three things, Heartland Bowhunter, Yeti, and, and Coast Outdoors or Lee Chose, you know, go out and look in, in the space now and look at how many they don't even realize it's transcended and morphed into that. Most people don't even realize where it came from because you had to be there watching it at the beginning to understand where it's gone and how it's metamorphosized into what it is today. But, you know, there y'all are, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I mean, I remember watching it. Luckily, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, a videographer for 18 years now in the outdoor space. And I've sat back and watched, you know, the, the true professionals that were already, already there you know, morph the industry into the the look, the visual look that it is today, and it's as vanilla, as as beautiful as all of you guys, you know, brought the imagery into the industry. As beautiful as that was at one time, now it makes me want to throw up because I mean, how many times are you going to look at a picture on someone's feed of their bowstring because they're not seeing any deer, 
and they think they, you know, they shot it with a 50 millimeter, you know, prime two point or, or 2.0 uh, lens, and it's off. You know, it's 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 the bokeh is beautiful. The the sun burst is coming through the trees, and it's a picture of your knock on your on your bow. And Buckley and I tease each other about that all the time because when when someone posts that and and I'm probably going to you know get a lot of hate for this too because a lot of people do this but at the same time there's no story I mean it's just a it's a good picture of a knock you could do that with your iPhone and enhance it in Lightroom or whatever it's a great picture of a knock with the the sun coming up but there, there's really no story behind it and so overused. When you look at it, I, at least I do. I look back and go, man, you know, that's what Heartland Bowhunter was doing ten or twelve or fourteen years ago, however long it was when they started. And now it's just, it's just common. It's just common ground. It's as vanilla as, as you know, as vanilla ice cream gets. I, I think that's kind of going back to what Rocky said. There's probably only so many ways of taking a photograph of a knock or that's you know really creative i mean that's that's probably true i mean i don't know i i think another thing that i've heard bef- that i've mentioned many times and again it just this just again let's this is my opinion on things it doesn't mean i'm right it's just my opinion and there's too much stuff too much content for me that reduces the quality of it. Like people would say, "Well, dude, if you're going to have a successful Instagram feed, you got to post it once or twice a day." Uh, I'm like, "Why? Why do you have to do that?" Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just what people say or what Everybody they hear. Does. I I, it, <laughs> I try to only post when I have something to say that I hope is relevant or has a clear benefit to who's ever reading it. I mean, now, does it happen all the time? No, I miss. I mean, I've done some really bad ones, but but lots of times it's, you know, I have something to say, and I want people to hear our voice. You know, photography's visual voice. The image, it's all part of the story. You guys have heard me talk about that a lot. I mean, I'm into the story. story. That's what I'm into. Let me, whether let me you, pose whether this to you. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Well, it's whether or not you have words to go with it or not. A great still image or a great video clip can tell its own story. I guess that's a great way of narrowing down what's a really good image or what's good image, whether it's motion or still. Is, I don't know, do you feel anything? Can you feel it? Mm-hmm. Does it tell a story? That's. I mean, I guess that's it. I guess that would that would be it for me. Do you guys do you guys remember the photographer Thomas Mangelson? He's the guy that know. used to do these incredible landscape and wildlife images all over, big time in the national parks. I mean, the guy is a major league photographer, right? Big time. 
So I'm in Denali one time, years back. I was in Denali, and I was camping up at Kantishna, the end of the road. I think like mile marker, like 91. It's the end. And then that you obviously Denali's right there, and Wonder Lake is down at the down at the bottom of this mountain. I got up really, really early one morning. I rented a bike, a bicycle. I put my camera and tripod and all my gear on my back, and I biked down the mountain and then up. Oh, I was, I was out of gas, but I did it in the dark to get there. So I got to the spot at Wonder Lake. Do you guys know the picture of Wonder Lake? Do you know what I'm talking about? That beautiful, pristine. Yep. Okay. So I put the bike in the bushes and um they were on fire just flaming red at that time that what's that what's that plant up there is it barberry that turns red i can't remember i can't remember what it is but it was just on fire and there was it was one of those rare days there where there's no clouds so you get to see denali and so anyway i I got my gear on and i hike in and it's dark and i'm like looking and i can see a, a person and i'm like what? There can't be anybody up here. And I get there, sure enough, there's a dude. He's sitting there behind a tripod. And I walk up to him, and I look at him, and he looks at me, he goes, Hi, my name's Thomas. And then he goes, shakes my hand, he goes, Thomas Mangelson. And I said, I guess I'm in the right spot then, aren't I? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean... I mean, it was the most That's unbelievable. Awesome. It's like it'd be Jay, it'd be like us meeting Ansel Adams. That's mm-hmm. what it's like, right? You walk so like again, inspiration versus plagiarism. I mean, I'm literally standing right next Great to him story. with with my camera shooting the same thing he's shooting, and they didn't look anything like each other. That is a we had awesome story to illustrate that. I mean, we had, and it was oh my god, that was cool meeting him. Like, I mean, it's like oh, you got awesome. Oh, that's cool. It was really cool. Oh, so, really you know, uh, there's uh, on a much on a on a different scale, Lee. Mm-hmm. When you were in Nebraska, we were this past spring turkey hunting, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know that goose, the goose, the, oh boy, flew Never around the tree it. line and and landed in that in the nest so the, let me just tell the backstory real quick so we're sitting there turkey hunting and we hear this double clucking this this whiny double clucking coming from the west behind us and we see this this goose uh fly around the tree line the edge of the tree line into this gap like it was like it was uh like it was a like a bald eagle attacking something and it came up to this big, huge nest about 40 foot up in this old, old cottonwood tree. And it was like trying to attack this nest. And when we looked up there, Lee and I looked back because it was such an interesting natural occurrence. We looked up in the tree and there's a freaking goose laying on her eggs in that, in the top of the, it was like an, it was as big as an eagle's nest. And there's a goose up there laying on her eggs. And this other goose came in, and I don't know what I don't know what Boy. his or her message was, but there were, it was it was very aggressive. So Boy. Lee like gets up, and he's like, "Dude, I got to go get my camera." 
So he runs to the truck and gets his camera with a big lens and sets it up on sticks and he's trying to get his shot composed and I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'd love that, that I'd love to get that shot too. So I got two choices. I can shoot this video, okay, because Lee's obviously going to capture this with his camera or I could come up with a different, a different narrative or a different storyline. So I shot some of it on video. But then I thought, man, I, this is a really cool moment. So I grabbed uh, my DSLR, put a different lens on it, and stepped way back. And I started shooting photos of Lee shooting photos. So Lee's telling the story about the goose and the nest and the tree and this this really you know amazing wildlife scene. And I'm telling the story of Lee telling that story. And so we're in the same space. I hope that he didn't think I was stepping on his toes. And I certainly mm -hmm. was looking at mm -hmm. it like, you know, here's an opportunity to capture two different things at the same time. And, and, and I mean, there was no, there was no, there was no, I, I never felt like, you know, a, a challenge or any sort mm -hmm. of animosity or anything like that. And when you go back and look at, you know, the stories that we posted on our, on our ind independent uh, social media platforms, Instagram particularly, it came out that way, you know. I and I, I wanted people. I wanted to see people. I wanted people to see what Lee was doing. And then you go to his page and see what he did. It, it's like two stories in one. That's pretty cool. That's it was pretty cool. awesome. It was, it was, oh, I'll never forget it. It was. Oh my God, was she mad? That goose. Oh, oh man. I, so, so let me ask you this. We're mm -hmm. talking about plagiarism. All right. So mm -hmm. a large part of social media, because social media is playing so many parts in our world today that, that people don't even really think about it, but mm -hmm. a lot of likes drive people to get a great photograph, which in turn plagiarizes something that you've done in the past. Does that make sense? No. I don't, well, I'm not saying it doesn't make. I don't. I don't understand it yet. It, All right. So, so what I'm yeah. saying. Uh, so what I'm saying is, if, if I've seen something that that either one of you have done a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, I'm kind of set up in the same situation, and likes drive me because it's such a big part of social media. Man, I can, I can, I can copy that image that. Lee or Jake did a couple of years ago when the, mm -hmm. it's got the same lighting, same situation. I, I can get a lot of likes on this photo when I post it. How much photography is like-driven or love-driven these days? Gosh, I don't know oh. if I have a good answer for that. I don't know. I think I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think about likes. But I think the majority. No, no, I'm not of talking about there, you. No, I'm not talking yeah. about you or Lee. I'm talking about people that copy you to get likes or loves on Instagram or whatever you call them. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's much of a deal. I think they're just I trying to get so. better at what they do, and they don't. They yeah, don't I know. Don't. They're following the leader. Uh, they're following. You know, they're following 
their inspiration and and you know this is where that fine line of uh, you know comes in where you don't want to insult people and and be you know negative nancy but i think they're trying to follow their inspiration and while they probably are feeling fairly innocent about it um you know it comes when you cross when you cross that line it comes across it comes across differently particularly to the originator of of a certain look mm-hmm. or a concept mm-hmm. or whatever i don't think they're trying to harm I don't think there's anyone. I mean, there's a few people out there that are jealous and they want you to fail at what you do and, and all that crap. But for the most part, I think people are, they're just trying, they're just trying to get better. And, you know, I mean, if you want to be a great quarterback, you're going to go to Peyton Manning summer camp or whatever it is, you know? And I think, I think that's sort of the, the level of, of intellect that's going on. But, you know, you just got to be careful, man, because it it is intellectual property. And unless, you know, Lee has a freaking summer camp, you know, for people to come learn, then it's really not, it's really not right for, for someone to copy someone else mm-hmm. unless they're given permission I, to do so. Yeah, I, I want to be clear. I don't think there's a lot of plagiarism in respect of how much imagery is out there today. I don't think there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple cases out there that are, like, blatant, and I think that's what we're talking about. That's what I call it. It's, it's just stealing, that's all. But do I think there's a lot of that? No. I think there's a pile of really good images out there, people shooting more than ever before, which I think is super cool. That was what I was going to get into about the iPhone. I don't care what people shoot. Quite honestly, people ask me all the time, like, what kind of camera should I get? I'm like, you got a phone, don't you? And they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I'm like, shoot your phone. And then, but the other thing about that is like, this is kind of going to drift off the plagiarism thing here, but nobody prints, nobody makes prints of their iPhone work or their phone work. And I don't understand that because it's at some point it's just going to be electronic dust. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so cool to have prints. So if, if, if anybody's listening, man, print that stuff because the, the stuff that you catch with your phone is so editorial like and so in the moment i'm telling you man they're it's priceless mm-hmm. right i mean yep. I, I, matt I, I mentioned matt white a, a while back matt and i were talking one day <laughs> we're talking about what makes a good image and like people think well it's it's color or clarity or sharpness or this or that and it's 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 not it what what makes a great image is like I remember when my mom was when dad had died, mom was getting older, and she must have went through all the old photographs. And she made a plastic bag full of photographs with each kid's name on it. And you open up one of those old images and it might be me with my first honker or 
playing t-ball with my, the neighborhood boys, you know, the sandlot boys or whatever. And what that made you feel like is what made it a great image. I mean, heads were cut off, knees were cut off. There's crap. You know what I mean? They're blurry. Mm -hmm. They're old Polaroids. It, they're shit. They're not even any mm -hmm. good. But are they good? Oh, man, they're way good. Right? You'd, I mean, you'd, that, you'd run into your house, a, a burning house, to save an image like that. You know? Oh, man. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what makes a good image? And, I mean, are they original? Oh, man, they're original. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I guess, you'd want to hop back on the plagiarism thing. I don't think, in a few cases, it's horrible. Like I told, and we were talking about it earlier. I, I'm not a basketball fan, but, I, and I understand LeBron James is, like, an incredible talent. Maybe, arguably, like, isn't he, like, arguably, like, in the top, whatever? You know, he's big time, right? Okay. okay. Plagiaristic and contrived as all fuck. He wore the number 23, and he wore it for a reason. I'm sorry, dude. There's only one twenty-three. You ain't Mike. And then he would do that thing with the powder before the game over at the scorer's table and clap his hands, and he ripped that off from Kevin Garnett. The guy was contrived and plagiaristic from day one, all for money. They're not an original bone in his body. I might get roasted for that, for saying that, but it's just the way I look at it. It's plagiarism. Don't like that. I like original people. Muhammad Ali, that dude is original. That dude is an artist. He started trash talking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? No doubt. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, oh, my brash. Oh, my God. Love it. Have you ever seen, has anybody ever had the balls that, uh, have, I'm not going to go as far as saying plagiarize, but copied what you've done in the past. Have they ever had the balls to come and critique what you put out there? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? I've had some cases of plagiarism that are, they're, they're so beyond belief that it's just like, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's embarrassing, right? It really is. It's embarrassing. Does it? piss me off no not really because it really doesn't have any that's going to sound cocky but it doesn't have any effect on me right but if i had people like sit back the the keyboard cowboys out there the social world and get on things and try to start trouble and take shots at my work oh for sure dude it just Basically it just happened compos composites it just it just happened on a uh, one of the uh, maybe it is the last Ducks Unlimited cover. I don't know if the new one's out yet, but it's a good friend of mine, Donnie Vincent's holding a hybrid cross between a Drake Mallard and a pintail. It's a hybrid, a beautiful bird. I mean, just stunning. And Ducks Unlimited wanted wanted hybrid on a cover for a long time, and I told him I had a killer bird. They said, do you have any other birds? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a 
you know, I've got a killer pintail and a mallard too, you know, so I did this photograph. Well, I don't know, being I'm a, you know, a graphic designer or a designer and a photographer, so I understand, you know, for all, my whole life, I understand print and what happens. And, you know, back in the day when things were run on sheet, sheet fed presses, I mean, they're, you know, standards that were color and clarity. Everything was a lot tighter back then. Now, because everything has to be cheap and cost has to be taken out of everything, you have things are printed on these giant web presses and cheap papers. I'm talking, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm a, ma I'm a lifetime member of Ducks Unlimited. I mean, I love ducks as much as I love anything in my life. Everybody that knows me knows that. And, but this particular case where I got just roasted by this, I don't even know who it is. That I, I don't know who it is, but the guy's been dogging me here and there. And it's because of my Photoshop work, right? I mean, you retouch, right? So and you do. You, you, you retouch covers. I mean, you and I talked about this a couple episodes ago. There's a big difference between straight editorial work and advertising work. Well, the cover of a magazine's advertising work. So you, I retouch. You know, you got to clean up blood, and you do all kinds of stuff. Well, during the print process, the color can shift, especially green and red. Greens can shift to yellow. They can go lime color. Reds can get pinky. Well, it happened, and they just get on there and roast you like you're a grade schooler, and how dare could you do that? And I'm like, man, just call me. Just, I'm easy to get a hold of. Just call me, and I'll explain to you like how business works. <laughs> when you're working for somebody and you have to do a body of work, oh, it's crazy, man. But they think it's, I don't know, you take a photograph with a, I don't know, some kind of camera bigger. and give it like away to somebody bigger. for free, and that makes you that makes you a photographer, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's laughable. It's like my man, just a dude. Display of it's it's ignorance. I mean, and oh. I don't mean that critically. It's just ignorance by definition. They don't really oh man understand yet. Well, I'm just, sure if they ever looked at a nudie magazine like Playboy or Penthouse or whatever, oh. you know. <laughs> None of that stuff that they have ever looked at going back well, to, you know, decades retouch, was real. Re, well, the funny thing is, it's like, I mean, retouching Photoshop is just the new tool. I mean, back exactly. in the day, there was real retouchers that airbrushed. And they would cut things out with razor blades and ruby lift and strip things back in and reshoot something and then send it to an airbrush artist and they would airbrush over that. This is not new, man. This is advertising for fuck's sake. Yeah. This is not yeah. new. We, we just have different yeah. tools right now. Oh, it is. It's, oh my God. Some of the I mean, stuff I've back, heard, I'm like, oh man, go back and I live read. in it. Read biographies about Ansel Adams, or, or look at uh, old oh, videos yeah. of his stuff. I mean, he mm. he was inventing, he was inventing he, creative ways to mm -hmm. retouch his images to, mm -hmm. to to come up with the products that he did. And people don't realize that. You think he just freaking walked out there and threw his freaking tripod up and 
you know, threw the hood over his head and, and started snapping these shots, and they just all came out perfect. I mean, he went back to his studio, and he had all kinds of, like, these giant constructive, you know, things, these contraptions. I mean, he was a mad scientist. Great, he had these great, contraptions. great point. That is a great, re- great example because, I mean, we were talking about one of the more respected photographers in history, Ansel Adams, right? And that guy ever. developed his own, oh, ever. And that dude developed his own look. Did it come out of the camera like that? Uh, no, dude. <laughs> Not even close, right? <laughs> but he, he had his own. That is, man, is that cool that you brought that up? That is a great example. Um, no, no. It, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, right? So, I mean, do, do I miss every once in a while? And does something get goofed up? Once? Well, yeah, of course. But really? To take a shot at somebody's 30-year career like that, that has probably, I mean, I, I, can, I promise all of you, right, I've tried to be the best voice of the outdoors that I can possibly be, and I'm going to die doing it, right? If I offend Amen. somebody one time, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, right. God, the the people that get on social media and beat people up over things, I'm like, you just, would you do that to their face? No. No. What if someone did that to you? You know, you bloody their lip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most are fighting words, dude. Right. I mean, it's, that's odd to me. That kind of, I don't know if it's, I don't even know if it's jealousy or maybe they just don't know. And maybe they were having a bad day. I don't know. But That's all the above. I think, I think. Rocky, I hate plagiarism. Can't stand it. It's stealing. Plagiarism's a nice word for stealing. Does it go on a lot? No, I don't think it does. But when it does, it's really bad. It's not good for think, our country. It's not good for our business. I think that you guys brought up two really Great points. Uh, well, one, uh, I kind of said, I think that one of the main things that drives people to, uh, and not not so much plagiarism, but but for great, makes it easy to create great photography these days is is the tools that that are in place for you know whether it be a great camera. Or the easy mm-hmm. editing software for to make oh, great photos now, and man. and I, I think the other the other side of it is social media is so uh, entrenched with photos. You know that that every day mm-hmm. there's there's different sites popping up for hey submit your photo for. I think that those are two huge drivers for bringing people in to the photography world. Now, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they end up seeing great photos like you guys producing with those great tools. Hey, I can, you know, like like a house, build a house. I, I can build a house just as good as Lee. I can build something similar to what Lee built in, in, in a great photo. Because I've got the tools, I've got the editing software, and mm-hmm. 
I think that you're going to see it more and more, especially as, as phones get more advanced and more tools come out, especially in, in, in video. I see it coming in video more than ever in the next few years because video editing software is, is getting to be so uh, easy to use. It's the same, it's it, the same it thing. To, it used mm -hmm. to take somebody like Jake to edit a video. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It, mm -hmm. Yeah, the same mm -hmm. presets. The same. The same mm -hmm. It's the same thing, man. And mm -hmm. and I, I'd like to make a point on all this is that you know when you go back, you listen, you go back to junior high or elementary or high school or wherever you want to go, go back in time. And I don't know if y'all ever heard it. I'm I'm positive you guys did. Maybe not so much the younger generation today. But you you hear the the old word, you know, when you cheat, if you cheat on a test, you're just cheating yourself because you don't really understand it. You may you may get a B or an A on that test because you cheated, but you you don't understand what you what you just learned. You didn't learn it. And I think probably a better word that and I and I'm guilty of using the word plagiarism too. Probably the better word and the more common, the bigger picture word to describe all this is cheating. And I think at the end of the day, this stuff will come out in the wash because you can cheat, you can take shortcuts, and you can cheat, and you can get to a certain level, you know. But that's what man, I was thinking earlier. It, it stops. Mm -hmm. It stops mm -hmm. at a certain mm -hmm. point. You hit a brick wall because you don't fully understand what you're mm -hmm. doing. And that's right. That that that's where the dead end. That's where it goes. You're cheating yourself. And you're going down a dead end road, and and eventually, you know, you're going to run out of gas. Yeah, unless you can come up. Right. See, and when you guys were talking about this earlier, I was thinking about it about it from a sense of like a filter system. Yeah, I can go out here and kind of copy what you guys do, throw it up on my own personal social media. A bunch of people tell me, "Hey, man, you you're a great photographer. That looks great. You ought to think about taking pictures." Well. I take it to the next level. I get paid to take some pictures. Well, to reach that next level, I think that's what you're talking about, Jake. There's a wall mm -hmm. in between there. Unless you're mm -hmm. creative and coming up with your own ideas, boom, you're hitting a wall. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, what separates hit a wall. The, yeah. that's what separates you're, the pros from, mm -hmm. the, from the amateurs. Exactly. 100%. That's right. That's a really cool point you brought up. I mean, they're one-trick ponies. So when you go on location with a client year after year after year and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in you, location fees, expenses, and you're on a five-day shoot and you don't have a cloud for five days and you have to save a shoot, you're going to find out who the photographers are. Exactly. <laughs> You're going to learn in a hurry. You're going to learn in a yeah. hurry. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. who are you? Exactly. Gonna, who are you? Who are you going to pay the big bucks to? Are you going to pay it to that guy mm -hmm. that? And mm -hmm. I think that the people who are making those decisions know who are mm -hmm. able to come up with their own unique ideas versus somebody mm -hmm. that's creating mm -hmm. photography that is similar to, say, a Jake or a Lee. Mm -hmm. They're able to distinguish that. Oh, they are. Oh, there's. Oh, there's lots of wonderful. Some, 
customers out there that know that. They're like, no, we're not. Mm -hmm. They don't take chances. And they know. They take chances. They know they're going to get way, way, way more like, 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 I can't even, you can't even put a quant, you can't quant, you're going to get when you work with Lee, and let's say it costs X amount, and and some person, you know, some marketing uh, director that doesn't really understand all this says, oh man, I can get the same thing, I can walk over there, hit that dude up on Instagram, and get the same thing for, for, 90% 90% less. No, you can't. You have no freaking clue. There's a process that professional designers go through to, to take you through a progression to get you to a certain level. When they're fully committed to your brand, you have no freaking clue how much deeper and how much more committed and how much more value you're going to get out of that hire than you would some dude that knows how to you know, take his his DSLR and go, you know, shoot a bunch of photos for your social media platform. I mean, there, there, there. It's not even. It's not even on the same planet. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> perfect, man. God, that's good. I needed that one. Ooh, oh, that's man. Good. Well, guys, I really we're we've we've ran a little bit into overtime. We'll have to pay you time and a half today. It is. Mm-hmm. It's been a great, great episode. Right, no, thank you. Really, really, thank y'all. It was a great episode. We want to thank all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. <laughs> <laughs>